Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. And once again, you are eternally connected. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless each and every one of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who we get to know and have a relationship with here every Sunday on the Eternal Connection through his eternal word, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. And Chip, we are one episode outside of the Gospel of John. Yep. It took a while to get there, but by golly, we did it. Yeah, and I enjoyed every single minute of it. Absolutely. We went verse by verse through there, and so much good stuff in the gospel of the beloved disciple and the personal perspective that he put on everything. Well, you know, he did say at the end that had everything been written down that Jesus did, it would fill the world. So the fact that we were able to get through his book in two years, that's that's pretty speedy. <laughs> But like I said, it's a personal uh, book in many ways, a personal gospel when you look at it in comparison to the other ones. And as I was thinking about that and what to do for this episode, um, because we haven't really decided what we're going to do next. We've gotten some suggestions from folks, um, Book of Acts, Romans, Hebrews. And if you you have any other topics or anything like that, another book of the Bible you'd like us to cover, um, you still have a little bit of time before we make a decision. But I thought, uh, speaking on that personal aspect of the Gospel of John, um, you know, we're on a new radio station here. Right. Uh, our bot listeners have not been with us the whole time, kind of like um, some of our, our other stations, Boomer and KCRO. And I thought, there's this other guy on the program uh, who's not here today, so I thought it would be fitting <laughs> we talk about him behind That's his back. That's great. <laughs> this is for you, Jason. Um, Jason's on the program, and Jason hasn't been on the program from the beginning, and I thought it would be good maybe if they got a little uh, introduction to Jason and his presence on the program, like our other listeners did back on episode 33 and 34. Right. Um, it's a great story. Yeah. And uh, before that, just briefly, um, I also thought maybe we can retell the story for those that haven't heard or remind our listeners on how this program even got started. Who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was, it was about three years ago. It was, um, mm-hmm. where there was a, a radio station here locally that was just doing a, a church segment on Sundays and had an opening and somebody that knew us said, Hey, you want to think about this? And it started off as me just preaching sermons. Um, the same sermon I preached that morning, we'd go to the studio and cut it and put that on the air. And uh, I think we got bored with that pretty quick. Well, we did. We did. <laughs> uh, I wanted to back up and mention, though, that the the person that brought us this opportunity in the first place actually is a member of St. Mark. Yes. And yes. Uh, he, uh, Jack, he is the voice that you hear every Sunday yep. before our episode starts. He's got a great radio voice. Absolutely. And uh, he, uh, he's been wonderful. 
and he actually introduced us to the station manager there mm-hmm. at uh, Boomer, and uh, that kind of started the ball rolling, so to speak. Yeah, and it's around uh, about episode 33 that we decided to take a, a different approach. We did some sermons, we did some topical stuff. and I was scared. It's <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified of the bike at first. And it's not that I don't love doing this show with you, Chip, but I think we both felt that we just needed another another voice, a different voice. Yeah. And you had a friend named Jason Eisenman, who's mm-hmm. now been on every program since the 33rd episode. Um, and he was an agnostic. Yes. Uh, we thought he was an atheist at first, right. but as we discovered through the conversation that you're about to hear, um, we understood that he was more agnostic. And the difference is an atheist is someone who has rejected God's existence. An agnostic is someone who says, I don't know, maybe he's there, maybe he's not. Right. Um, and, and so we thought it would be fun to have just a, a one or two episodes of just an open conversation with someone who believed very differently than we do. And the amount of feedback we got from those two episodes was incredible. Absolutely. That's what really confirmed uh, in our minds the direction that we were going was a good one. And so I thought for the next two weeks, while we make a decision on which direction we're going uh, in the Bible, we would review episodes 33 and 34, reintroduce Jason, which is also a little bit of an introduction to you and I, sure. uh, to our audience, because uh, they're just great episodes yeah. and uh, kind of personalize this a little bit more. Okay. So, uh, roll tape. We're going back to episode 33. So, Jason is a a really pretty long-term friend of mine. Uh, We've known each other for, gosh, probably seven, eight years. Uh, Done a little bit of business together. And we used to uh, get together uh, weekly for breakfast uh, uh, back when we could. (laughs) And uh, inevitably, during the course of the conversation, uh, God would come up. And, um, you know, through several conversations, uh, eventually I said, you know what, you probably should talk to somebody that maybe knows a little bit more about it. So I uh, introduced him to Pastor, and uh, as he said, we've been out uh, a couple times, but Jason's uh, a good close friend, and, uh, you know, I, I uh, try to share uh, my passion for Jesus uh, and uh, scripture uh, with him uh, w- whenever uh, it's appropriate, and and uh, I just thought let's bring him on the show, and and maybe he has an opportunity to ask some of the questions that he's still struggling with, and uh, just let right. let us now see for our listeners' sake. You, you you're not a Christian. You would not identify yourself as a Christian, right, Jason? Nope, and I don't know that I fully understand the definition of a Christian. A uh, little history, you know, gr- had a great childhood. You you grow up and you watch a lot of kids, friends around you, sometimes go to church, talk about it. My, in my particular case, our family grew up never around the church. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not good nor bad. It just was a different experience. Sure. So... When Chip and I got together and we'd, we'd, we'd have all these conversations, it left more questions and holes, if you would, mm-hmm. because you're like, what's he really talking about? <laughs> well, sure. with Chip, you never know. That, so. that is true. <laughs> that, big disclaimer there. So it was, uh, it, it just, it was always a great topic of conversation. He liked to share. I was, uh, my curiosity always ran rampant, mm-hmm. uh, Wanting to turn the next page and listen to what he had to say next, and here we are. Great. Well, so 
when you say you grew up around people, uh, well, what was your experience and your understanding of the church from that perspective? How, how, what is your view of the church? Because I think there's a lot of people listening that probably have a very similar experience. I mean, sure. if we look at anything in the United States, it's a growing number of people that don't have direct affiliation with the church, no personal experience, but observe it from the outside. So you're not going to offend me. Um, what is your understanding of the church from that outside perspective? Well, as a kid, it's what you just did on Sundays. Mm-hmm. If you don't go to church, you don't really know what they're going there to do. But if you wanted to play with your friend, you had to wait for him to get out of church. Uh, I had a lot of cousins that went to church. If you wanted to do anything with the family, it always had to be after church. So mm-hmm. you, it was something to do to me, but mm. didn't really know what they were doing. Have if, you ever been in a church? Yes, Uh I've, well, I know you've been in our church, but I mean, a service, uh, attended, participated. I've actually saw uh, pictures of myself being baptized oh. in a Catholic church, and we lived with my grandparents until I was two, and so the I have no memory of that, Sure, but I have pictures. Huh. So your your mom and dad were atheists, agnostic, non-believers? No, um, my father Actually, my biological father actually was uh, attended the. Uh, um, he went to Memphis for it. A seminary. seminary, seminary school. Mm-hmm. Oh, your father did. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Did he graduate? Uh, yep. And then what did he do? Uh, nothing. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, a lot of guys go through seminary and decide not for me. That's that's part of what seminary's for. And, and wait, wait, is he still a believer, no. Christian? Um, not enough of a relationship to be able to answer that. Oh, okay. Fair but, enough. Um, you know, it's about where it ended from what I was told. Okay. Okay. So, um, This is a question I'm going to ask you. I know you gave me some questions that you had, and we'll get to those. I, I just have a lot of curiosity questions because I, I think these are fascinating to me. Absolutely. And I, and I appreciate you being here. Why do you think people go to church? Uh, so as an adult, you can answer that a lot better than when you were a kid. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and after a lot of conversations with Chip and even some of my own reading and listening to your uh, daily devotionals. Mm. Nice plug, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I, <laughs> for we me, did not pay him for that. For, for me, the daily devotionals are a really easy way to kind of just, you know, dip your feet in the water uh-huh. and, and it's short. But people, I perceive them, they have this really, really big belief that uh, this God exists, uh-huh. and that's what I struggle to understand. Okay, yeah. So they go to church because they believe God exists, is what yep. you're saying. Okay. Well, great answer. Yeah, yeah I would I sure. would hope so. Of course, the question then becomes, what church are you going to and which God do you believe exists, right? right? <laughs> yes. And uh, that, that, that varies quite a bit uh, throughout the world. Um, and that leads yeah. right into one of my questions. Okay. If you want to fire away. Yeah, uh, please. I feel like religion is a 10,000 page book. And after about three pages, it's like navigating an ocean without any sort of map or system. Very hard to figure out, often never knowing what direction you're going to go. How do you chart the course or even which way to go is right? Yeah, 10,000 pages. Not quite that long, but there are a lot of pages in the Bible. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, religion 
Um, and of course, I'm going to answer this as a Christian first, you know, and as a pastor. Um, religion can be very complicated, you know, especially because religion by definition is something of man. So when man starts to get involved, as we can clearly witness eh, every day, uh, things start to become a mess. Um, and, and because we don't have things figured out, the process of, of, of us trying to do that uh, can convolute things more than they can clear them up. I would say from the Christian perspective, the answer is unique in the world. When you think about all the religions of the world, the isms, Judaism, Mormonism, uh, Islamism, um, they are based in a practice of laws because the fundamental belief is you have to do certain things to please God in order to be saved. Christianity would answer this question a lot differently, and this is the beauty of Christ. Christ wasn't against religion. He was certainly against the religious leaders of his day because they made it complicated. He said, you, you hang burdens on the necks of the people by inventing your own laws, by inventing your own religious stuff, instead of just sticking with what God has declared. And what God has declared is quite simple. You sinned. You have gone against God. That is why there's pain and suffering and death. But God has provided an answer for that, a solution for that, a salvation for that, and he's done it. There's nothing left for you to do. Jesus has accomplished that for you. And so when you read the Bible, you're not reading something that you have to learn. You're reading a story about what God has done, a true story about what God has done for us. So the complication comes only if you think that there is something to untangle, that there is something you have to figure out in order to see God, in order to know God. Um, I would say that God, God has made himself clear already. That's what the scriptures say, that, that it's impossible to look out into this world. And really, I think it takes more faith to believe that nothing blew up and created everything you see, including you. That, to me, is way more complicated than digging into the Bible and reading the story about what God has clearly done and put in order. So the religious part of it can be complicated. The invitation from Jesus is, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. The question becomes, who or what are you looking for? If you're looking for God and you're, you're truly seeking him, he will reveal himself. That is what he has promised. And I don't come from a background that's exceptionally religious. And in my personal life, I ran hard and fast from religion for quite some time. Um, it's only when I was broken and at the bottom of the pit and I tried everything and everyone else. And I was truly now ready to say, if you're there, show me. And I could then look back and see how he was trying to do that the whole time. I was blind. That is also one of my other questions in terms of I'm somebody who is very much a see-it-to-believe-it type of guy, so how do you overcome believing in a God when you can't actually see them? You're married. I would assume if I ask you, do you love your wife, you're going to say, yes. Yes. Are you certain? Well, I would have to uh, 
know, hopefully she's not listening right now. Right. Of course, right? That's a trick question. <laughs> right? Uh, you have children? Yep. Three. Do you love your children? Yep. Absolutely. Not every day. <laughs> I like this guy. Uh, <laughs> right? But there's no doubt if, if you had to jump in front of a bullet to save your family, you'd do it. Yes. Okay. Can you show me your love for them? Not what love does, but show me love. Can you see that? Um, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting look at it. I suppose it's you can show it through action. That's what love does. Yeah. Right? But you, those things are, are, you kiss your wife, hold your wife, sacrifice for your family because you love them. Those things aren't love because I could do those same things for someone I don't love just to trick them and manipulate them, which is done all the time. Yeah. Good love, time. something you're so certain of, you can't see that. No. So the, gravity, right? How do I know gravity is real? Well, because I'm not flying off in outer space at the current time, sure. right, to, to be more eternally connected than I choose to, <laughs> to prefer at this moment. Um, but you know gravity is real because From of its effects. Yeah, I've never been able to personally dunk a basketball. So. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and, and this is what Scripture says in Romans chapter 1, that the invisible God, namely his divine attributes, have been made clear by what has been made. That you can know God and see God and, and understand him through what has been made. When we talk about seeing God, what are we really wanting? And, and as you read through the scriptures, you look at the disciples, Christ's enemies. He, he manifested bread, wine, uh, turned water into wine, manifested fish and bread, walked on water, raised the dead. And that still didn't mean people believed in him as the Messiah. No one could do it. No one's ever done it. But they still didn't believe. We, we have this understanding that I have to see it in order to believe it. And Jesus tells us, you can't see it unless you believe it. Yeah. So what I took from that is, like you might fall in love with your children or your wife, you actually have to fall in love with something before you can kind of see it. Romans would say that God has left the testimony for himself in what he has made so that at the end of the day, when Christ returns and judgment comes, no one will be able to say, uh, I didn't know there was a God. And that offends a lot of atheists I've talked to. That offends a lot of agnostics I've talked to because the position they take. But I mean, it's a simple question. Do you believe your life has meaning? Do you believe your life is purpose? Or do you believe you're an absolute waste of, of space? Because if you're a cosmic accident that only came about because some infinitesimal, immeasurable combination of time, carbon, and, and chance, then everything you think has meaning and value and is lovely in life matters for nothing. It's all a waste of time to put value in anything. If you believe that there is meaning and purpose, if you believe there's such a thing as knowledge in the universe, you have to answer the question, where did that come from? You're discovering it. By discovering it, and this is the fallacy of science today, just because you discover something doesn't mean you created it. 
So where did it come from? That's always been my question that drove a lot of our conversations with Chip and I. I've always believed in a higher power, Mm -hmm. a huge um, need to understand what's out there, Mm -hmm. what the higher power is, how did we all become, and, you know, if you were just to look in outer space, stand alone at night and stare Mm -hmm. into outer space, (laughs) you, me, anybody would be really naive to think that we came, you know, here without something. Right. And what is that something has always been my whole. Right. So that, see, you see God, right? Now there's a difference between seeing and knowing. That's the distinction I think you're trying to get to. I, From what you've said, you, I think you would qualify yourself as, as at least uh, a theist, that there is a God, yes or no? There, there is something. Something. What is a God versus a creator? Are they one and the same? Well, uh, that depends upon which, <laughs> um, you know, some of the ancient Near East um, myths and legends say that the universe was formed out of the body of dead gods. So uh, there... No, um, the the creation uh, is God. I mean, that's where you get pantheism and all these other things, that, that, that uh, God is in nature. No, by definition, um, if there is a God, an ultimate almighty power, uh, he has to exist outside of his creation. The, you, if you created a truck, you can't both create it and be the truck. You created the truck. So when we say God, we mean the one creator of all things. In the, in the confessions that we say in the Christian church, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. That's what we mean by God. So that, that force you're talking about can't just be a, um, an energy force. Because it had to make a decision to make something. It had to know what it was going to make. It had to have the knowledge to put it into its creation. So it has to be a being, not just a force, not just something, a person, a being. Otherwise, it's you believe um, somebody dropped a bomb in a print factory and that's what produced the dictionary. Chaos resulted in organization. No, there's organization and knowledge in God. That's why you find it in the universe. That's why you find it in you. I mean, I think every person on the planet has a longing to know where, where in the world did we come from. It's not possible that we just, poof, showed up. Right. I, I would agree there. I would agree on that. Beyond that, it's a, it's a lot of unknown for me, uh-huh. um, you know, and, and a lot of fear, uh, which is another one of the questions I had, which is I almost, um, if 
feel like I'm getting ready to climb a mountain, standing at the bottom, and you're staring up at the top, and it's almost insurmountable mm-hmm. in, in terms of how I view religion based on the way I was raised and not having to be any part of your life. So what I'm hearing is instead of uh, trying to climb to the top of the mountain, you know, in a direct line, you, you could take the the long path a little bit at a time and, and still get to the same spot. What I'm saying is that you don't have to climb the mountain because God has come down to where you are. That's who Jesus is. Christianity's unique message out of all the religions in the world is this. If it were up to you to find God, you would never find him. You can't climb that high. You can't jump that high. You can't understand enough. If we're really talking about the one infinite, all-powerful, omnipresent creator of all things, we can't say that word God and then at the same time expect our brains to wrap around that enough to know the truth by understanding it. He has to reveal it to us. He has to bring it to us. Every other religion in the world teaches, here's what you have to do, Jason, in order to know the truth and in order to be saved. Christianity is the only religion, faith, that teaches, no, that's impossible. And the truth is, we know that. The good news, the reason we call it good news, is God has come to us. He has come down the mountain. Or you could say, as Christ carried his cross up on top of Mount Calvary, he's made the ascent we could never make for us. And that is what allows us then to see God. Nicodemus was a man with many questions. He was a, a Pharisee of the day, actually part of the high religious class that didn't like Jesus very much because he threatened their power and influence. And he was intrigued with Jesus and came to him in the middle of the night because he didn't want anybody to know. <laughs> and and he said, teacher, we know that you're from God because no one can do the things that you've done unless they're from God. And Jesus's answer to him said, Nicodemus, truly I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus said, well, what do you mean? Do I have to climb back in my mother's womb? And he said, no, you can't see it unless you're born again of the Spirit, which means God has to do the work. He has to do the revealing. He has to give you a new life, and only through those new eyes can you see God. So everything that you just said there, is really hard for me to understand. But what I can say is there is something, God, mm-hmm. that created us. And it is like a holy cow moment to sit and try and wrap your head around how cool that is. Absolutely. Amen. Couldn't say it better myself. Well, I'm getting the signs here from Chip that we're about to yep. uh, ready to wrap things we're up. Right there. It always goes by too fast. It but does. Uh, listeners, Jason has agreed and been so gracious to, to come aboard again next week and continue this conversation. And I pray that you'll join us then as well. We pray our time together in God's word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. 
If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection. Thank you.